0: Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes again to the question today is Johan Elsus, Business Unit Director and Russia Advisor at ALERS. On this episode, we talk about how you can make sure your mission-critical logistics will not become a mission impossible, especially in countries with a challenging logistics environment like Russia and CIS. Please enjoy my conversation with Johan Elsus. Johan, welcome back to the show. Um, I I always start each episode with uh, asking my guests the same question. Does logistics matter? A question you obviously answered already. Uh, Is your answer still the same?
1: Well, you know that I want to be provocative and I know that you want me to be provocative, but unfortunately... Logistics does still matter. So <laughs> I cannot disappoint well, you. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm. I'm glad it does. I'm glad it does. Uh, when when you were last uh, guest, I, it was episode eight. We spoke about uh, how uh, European and American companies can do business in uh, Russia, yep. as there are a lot of obstacles f- uh, for them to overcome. Um, uh, so, people interested in that should definitely uh, check out episode eight. Um, And um, this time we are going to speak about uh, uh, the impact that uh, logistics has uh, on on delivering service to -to business-to-business customers. What can can you tell me about that?
1: Well, firstly, I want to explain or just say a few words. Um, What are we talking about actually, right? So internally we have the name after sales services. So everything that comes after the sales, but that's like a really big, part of the business. Um, for example, if you order something on, uh, on bold.com or any e-commerce player and you send it back, that's also after sales services, but that is something that Alice doesn't do. Um, what we actually do is more on the mission critical side, more on the service logistics side where companies, um, need after sales services, after sales logistics, um, to keep their business running to keep their customers happy. Um, that is basically what we're talking about.
0: Uh, is, and, and so this is, uh, both, uh, maintenance, uh, as well as, uh, when there's a disruption in service or when, when, uh, when something breaks down.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, you can imagine, for example, that, um, if you have capital equipment, if you have big machinery running that you need spare parts. If the machinery isn't running, then it costs money. If you sold something to your customer that um, is using your equipment, then your customer is asking, okay, can you uh, give me the guarantee that within a certain amount of time, can be eight hours, can be even four hours, can be 24 hours that you can provide a spare part so that, you know, the equipment that I buy from you will actually be working all the time because if you cannot guarantee that then with all the respect I might go to your competitor who can guarantee it so the service logistics is really something that for some companies is a competitive edge Um, and obviously those companies need a partner in the region where their customer is active who can support them with that uh, so it's service logistics or mission critical logistics. It does not have to be machinery; it can be electronics. But everything that, when something breaks down, um, it generates huge amounts of costs.
0: I know that that you are specifically active in uh, in Russia, uh, which is a vast uh, com- uh, a vast country. Um, how does how does uh, after how does that impact uh, the way in which uh, the mission critical logistics you are talking about uh, works?
1: Well, obviously, um, Russia has its logistic challenges. Firstly, it's a big country; it's a huge country, um, and secondly, the infrastructure isn't as well developed as we have in Western Europe. So, uh, firstly, you need to get actually to the place, the place might be 1000, 2000 kilometers from where you have the parts located. Um, And then, you know, you first have to get there using the roads that are there. Um, It's not so it's not so easy. Sometimes there aren't even roads um, or only dirt roads. And that is after you've already imported the goods into Russia, which, as we've talked about last time, is a challenge in itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I can imagine. so, uh, can you uh, do you have an example of, of a of a c- a customer that uh, that you service uh, and, and that that uses this mission critical logistics? Well,
1: one of my customers is IMAX. For example, I think all the people who are listening to this podcast will know IMAX as a company. Company provides projectors to cinema chains, etc so that's one of my customers in Russia um IMAX provides projectors but also all the equipment that is needed to keep the cinemas running to cinema chains um mm. so imagine you have uh 10 to 15 cinemas running on a server on software and the server breaks down then that's a huge uh cost for the cinema chain so as IMAX providing service and provi- providing warranty to the cinema chain, they are responsible for having a replacement part nearby. So IMAX, being a Canadian company, needs to have a stock of local spare parts in Russia already custom cleared and ready to be shipped out within four or eight hours um, to be delivered to a cinema chain. And we actually had such a case that I'm describing now that the main server of the cinema chain went down and uh IMAX uh was responsible to get a replacement there we had it on stock so luckily we were able to replace it um in time so that within a few hours the cinema was ready to go again and you know i can uh i can describe a number of examples uh of such cases but what we see is that european companies american companies canadian companies in this example um I mean, Russia is interesting for business, there is a lot of business to do here, but if your product relies on service and on and is mission critical for your customers, then you need to be able to provide that service, you need to be able to provide spare parts, you need to be able to provide replacements. Um, and you cannot say to your customers, buy my capital equipment, invest a few million euros. Um, and if you need a replacement, then yeah, well, with all due respect, you need to wait a few days or even a week. I mean, then your business development in Russia will just not come off the ground. So it's not about, actually, it's not about, you know, providing the service as such. It is really, you know, going back to your strategic vision on how to develop business in Russia and what do you need for that. If you cannot provide service. In the example of IMAX, then you really cannot develop your business in Russia. So it's all about understanding as a company what you need to be able to, to develop your business in Russia, and then uh, finding a way to have it in place.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> you say IMAX, then immediately you're talking mission critical, and I'm I'm immediately thinking about Mission Impossible. <laughs> I just I just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're actually saying is that if if you don't have your service logistics or your your mission critical logistics uh, in place it, you, you actually have a mission impossible and 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 the parts will not not get to the place where where you want it
1: so mission impossible is quite a good example actually imagine that you are supplying capital equipment to an oil refinery or to a gas refinery um, you have Quite a few of those in russia and imagine that if the oil refinery isn't working because some of your capital equipment broke down that cost a huge amount of money so if you cannot guarantee to the company of that oil refinery that you have um, spare parts in place that you can provide service then well simply they will not buy from you um, that's also an advantage because if you can provide the service, then you have an advantage um, compared to your competitors. Um, coming back to the mission impossible part, the mission critical part, um, refineries are usually not in the most um, easy to reach uh, regions or easy to reach places. Um, and uh, it can very well be in Russia that uh, we need to charter a helicopter to get the part really at the location. Um, it's not that without a helicopter, you can't get there. You just, it'll take you a few days and yes, a helicopter will cost a huge amount of money, but it'll cost even more money if the, re- if the refinery isn't working. So that's really about the mission critical slash impossible, um, where, where, where Alice comes in place.
0: So so in in a, in a, in a country as, as huge as Russia,'m uh, I'm, I'm guessing that there's not a, a single warehouse where, you, where where you keep everything, otherwise it's impossible to 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 get a part to a location fast. So how how, do, how does that work?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So I mean, you can easily get to St. Petersburg or to Moscow in Russia. So us- yeah. so usually we have a central stock either in Moscow or in St. Petersburg. Um, mm-hmm. but it really depends on the type of business that you're in if additional stocks are needed. Eh? So if you're in the mining business or the oil and gas business, then you might really want to have an additional smaller stock of critical spare parts or of wear parts that you know that will um, every once in a while need to be replaced. You will want to have them nearby to your customers. Um, to define which parts need to be where, um we actually use a uh, specific software to calculate this so we gather all the data um that you have and we put in the historical data on which parts will break down when and then we calculate based on where your customers are what is the most um what what makes most sense to keep which SKUs where um, we do this with our in-house data, data analytics team, um, and it really provides an objective picture of what your business needs.
0: Okay, so you're looking at the history of, of, of uh, if the customer has it, the history of uh, when parts break down, and uh, uh, how the the cycle time of parts exactly uh, how much are used. Okay, and this uh, so, so the, the data analytics team. Comes up with uh, with a number of locations, and and those are based on the service level that you want and the respond time that you want. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine that you would use uh, 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 an intelligent system to determine that because there there are so many choices uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to choosing a location.
1: There are just a lot of variables, and it's not that you can say okay for this company, this customer, you need this, and it's the same for everyone. It really depends on the business. It depends on the value of the spare parts. It depends on um, the cost. If something is not working, Uh, it doesn't make sense to charter a helicopter, which costs uh, tens of thousands of euros. um, If the cost of the business not running is, I don't know, 5000 euros, for example. Uh, So all these things have to be taken into consideration. Um, So, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting business in Russia. It, uh, it keeps you off the street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can definitely <laughs> imagine. Yeah.
1: Um. Um, but it's not only, I mean, it sounds a bit exotic now, um, uh, chartering helicopters, et cetera. It's not something that we use, that we do daily, of course. Um, but another, you know, very down-to-earth example Um from the IT, from the electronics business. um, Even if you can provide spare parts in time, if you can Mm -hmm. provide replacements or RMAs in time, um, you also want to get the broken part. You want to get it back uh, because you might want to test it. Um, You might might want to understand why it actually broke down. Or um, you might even just want to repair it. Uh, There is a kind of measurement um especially in the electronics business dead on arrival um yeah it doesn't mean the part actually broke down it might just mean that the software that's on the part um, stopped working and if you reinstall the software um the part will work again so here you have to imagine that you have a certain amount of returns in Russia Mm -hmm. and you ship them all back to Europe or to the US and you start analyzing um, why they broke down. And you understand that in 50% of the cases, the part broke down because the software wasn't working. Now, here's the thing. If you could um, repair the software in Russia, you would save money on logistics, on all the export and all the transportation back to the the US or to Europe. So that is also something that we as others are doing. Testing and screening. Uh, we do uh, level one repairs. We can reinstall the software. We can assess it, reinstall the software, and yeah, basically save you money um, on your business in Russia.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine that is uh, that that a uh, category of products like electronics uh, is also uh, yeah difficult to get in and out of of Russia because of its uh, potential users.
1: Um, uh, that is that is a different story indeed than we talk about import export of goods in and out of russia um
0: but isn't that what you do when you ship uh, uh, broken parts back, yeah, to, yeah. back to europe yeah. so if you have to get electronics in and out of russia it's i, I i'm guessing it's it's simpler to then that's what you're doing to keep them there i would even
1: say that it's easier to get uh parts into russia although that that is also a challenge because you need to get the right certificates. In case of electronics, some certificates might even uh, need to be approved by the FSB. So that's already quite challenging. Uh, However, to get parts out of Russia, um, you actually need to show the documents by which the specific part was imported. So you you really need to show the whole chain of events and if you cannot show uh, the import declaration of the part that broke down then you cannot do the export so besides the fact that it just takes up more money and time um, it's actually quite difficult to make the export and that is also one of the reasons um, why we started doing this um as Alers, as a european company in russia because a lot of companies today um yeah they use local players they use local distributors um uh, whose core business really isn't doing the logistics it's selling the parts and that is you know the big bottleneck the big challenge in in russia but also other uh cis countries
0: uh, yeah, essentially, if you have a distributor that that distributes your product, y- you lose control.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, it comes back to the strategic choice of doing business. Um, if you're mm-hmm. okay with that, then, you know, it's your uh, product, it's your business. Um, but in the end, uh, we all understand that if you buy something and afterwards you receive bad service, then probably you will not buy it again. I mean, you're not going to buy an iPhone or uh, an expensive Samsung phone if it breaks down after a few months and uh, Apple or Samsung says, okay, well, thank you, but just buy a new one. Uh, um, Everything will be okay. Um, So what do we understand from this? If your equipment is expensive, costs money, if it's mission critical, if you don't provide service in a qualitative way then basically it has an impact on your business development in Russia and then we look at the region Uh, the region is quite a complex one Uh, we talked about the geographical expanse, we talked about getting products actually to the site but also the import of product the export of products in Russia is complex and if you add that all up together then i think um as a european company as a belgian company in russia with own assets with own knowledge that alice has quite um yeah an interesting position Uh, and we like to see ourselves as a regional expert uh, meaning that Mm -hmm. uh, we don't provide the service all over the world but we provide it in russia and cis and that's really where we have own people, own knowledge, own assets. Um, where, yeah, we don't outsource the critical things of uh, of the
0: service. Uh, and that's where and that's where your customers take back control uh, over their own uh, well service logistics uh, within Russia, which is not possible if they only do it via a distribu- distributor. And if I hear you correctly would also not not work as well if they just hire one of the one of the big global logistic service providers.
1: Well, exactly. Um, I mean, obviously, you always have some level of control, but um, it depends how you want, what you want to reach with your control. Uh, um, If you need to manage uh, three or four or five different distributors, then you will never get the same level of quality, the same level of service. Some might be better, some might be worse, some just don't care. Um, another possibility, and that's quite a popular one, is that well, our most of our target customers they work with um, a global service logistics provider um, who are all, who are a lot bigger than others and who basically say, okay, I will provide mission-critical uh, logistics, service logistics for you worldwide. Doesn't matter which country; I will find a way. Yeah, very convenient. I agree. You just have one contract, and you know the company makes it happen all over the world. The point is, those companies don't have their own setup all over the world. They only have it in some regions of the world mostly they don't have their own setup in more complex regions like russia um, where they then use subcontractors um, we actually worked for a few of those kinds of companies um, and what we saw was that it just takes a lot of time you know to get the communication to get the message from beginning till end um, and 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 there a lot of service is actually lost or can be improved um, and then we said okay um, we cannot provide it worldwide but we can provide it in a region which uh, has a lot of potential um, which we understand that western companies want to do business there um, and we are a regional expert so that is why we're really focusing on companies that uh, that are saying, okay, for me, Russia, CIS, is a strategic region. I want to be in control of how I want to deliver my service in that region. And that is why I want to work with a regional specialist, with a logistics company um, as others.
0: Uh, Johan you, you uh, yeah you you explained really well uh, how this mission critical uh, logistics uh, works and and uh, you made clear what the impact is of uh, of logis- on, of logistics on on delivering uh, service um, do, do you have any adv- any advice that you can give uh, companies to make sure that they're they don't end up in mission impossible <laughs>
1: um, mission impossible um So I would say the following, understand where you want to be with your business in Russia from a strategical perspective and understand how the service that you deliver um, can impact your sales. And based on that, just make an analysis of what you you need to have. And if the outcome is that uh, you need to provide service, you need to be locally active, you need to have parts in the country um then yeah basically there is only one way to do that is to be locally active so you then either again open your own legal entity put your own operational people there start managing logistics yourself or outsource that to a company like alice to a 3pl Um, who not only arranges the logistics but also manages the whole import process certification process and the last mile delivery in Russia but it's really about having local expertise
0: okay well thank you Jeroen
1: thank you Martijn
0: thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? for more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics visit our blog www.logisticsmatter.com This podcast was produced by Dimitri Flo. The music is based on a sample by Ruggerman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was sponsored by ALERS. For more than 110 years, ALERS has been helping clients all over the world. Active in three regions, Europe, CIS and Asia, they provide state-of-the-art logistics and tailor-made solutions. Their services focus on supply chain solutions, warehousing, project and machinery logistics, secure transportation of high-value and or theft-sensitive goods, trade facilitation and after-sales services, and supply chain data analytics. Arles finds the best solutions that fit the customer profile perfectly. They enable customers to stay focused on their core business and manage innovative supply chain solutions which add value. They solve supply chain challenges in complex environments. Find out more at www.ahlers.com That's A-H-L-E-R-S